0: Welcome to the Ozark United Methodist Church Companion Podcast for Thursday, July the 30th. We are almost through the month of July. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today we've got...
1: Brad Tummins. Jacob Schneider. And Mike Randall.
0: And this week we are reflecting on our sermon from last Sunday. It's the the final sermon in the Starting Over series, this one... Talking about prayer. So we are going to get to that. Before we get to that, though, let's start with a moment of prayer. Does anybody want to pray us in?
2: I'll pray. God, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you for the rain, those of us able to experience that. uh, We just thank you for the light that you continually pour out upon us. Um, God, we ask that you enter into our conversation here this evening. Be with those who are uh, gathered to listen, uh, just speak to us all, uh, guide us, lead us, teach us, uh, but we love you and praise you and offer this time and ourselves to you and your glory in Jesus name. Amen. amen.
0: So let's dive into last week's sermon uh, should be familiar to most of us, the scripture passage that was read. Um, so we were talking about uh, from Luke chapter 11, verses one through four, um, this was where Christ's disciples said, you know, teach us this whole prayer thing. Um, we don't get it. And rightfully so. They lived in a time where prayer was reserved for the priestly class. The priests and the prophets were the ones doing the praying, not, uh, yeah. n- not the layperson. So. So, Jesus gave them an example. Um, And I'm sure, I I don't know, I know most of us, probably all of us listening are familiar with it. Um, And I'm sure I want to ask a question to kind of get the discussion going. Did anybody else, or or I, I guess at some point we all were, talk about your experience where you were taught to pray? Do you remember when you were, when or how or who taught you to pray?
1: Like actually taught, I don't know that I can say that I remember. You know, actually sitting down and having anybody kind of instruct you, or mm-hmm. I mean, have a sermon on how to pray, or you know, something like that. I think I, it's kind of like a lot of things. It's just kind of you know, watched people do, you heard people do it in church, and at before you know meals and stuff like that and it was kind of one of those you picked up as you went type of things um and and, you know i know at least for me i always struggled with trying to you know wanting to pray aloud or pray in front of people because i just I, i wasn't very good at it or i didn't think i was very good at it and it's taken me a really long time to kind of get past the you know who cares what other people hear or i mean what other people think about how you pray it's they're, they're not the people that matter when you're praying.
0: Yeah. You it, know? It's kind of unnatural to be to have to pray aloud in front of other people. It is kind of a taught or a learned thing. Anybody else do you remember? Does anybody else have an experience where you were, you know, I th- at some point I think we probably all were given kind of the mnemonic devices. Remember this, you know, acronym or whatever on how to pray, like a format for a prayer. Um, does anybody have any of those experiences or was it more of, you know, you know, parents tucking you in, making you say your prayers at night and, you know, saying yeah. prayers before meals or. Yeah.
2: For me, it was, it was kind of a mixture of both. It, um, of course I just absorbing it just by being around it. Um, and then, you know, before going to bed before meals, all that. Um, but it wasn't really until my twenties I actually like, 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 took a class and did a study and, you know, actually practiced, uh, praying and it followed, you know, set format. But then I also remember, which was probably one of the most impactful things. And it wasn't really, we weren't even talking, you know, specifically about prayer, but, um, we were taught the, the Jesus prayer as a way to just, um, kind of deal with our own brokenness, that kind of thing. Um, And we can talk about what that might be, but, uh, but yeah, it was kind of a mixture, but it wasn't really until my twenties when I started getting back into the church mid twenties, that I actually started learning something about prayer.
0: Yeah. It does feel like, you know, like anything you learn as a child, you learn by, just doing it by its repetition it's rote you're saying the words you've heard others say um, and it takes a while to own those words or to make them your own words or to replace those words with your own i think there's a there's a certain point of spiritual development where you know you own the words now as opposed to just repeating the words that you heard how about you mike
3: um, no, I don't really remember being told, you know, like, make sure here's an acronym to remember or anything like that. Um, I, I think but the only thing is, is, um, you know, it's just, you know, being real conversational, you know, with God, you know, what I mean, just talk to him like you would talk to your best friend, talk to him like you talk to your parents, you know I mean. Um, you know just have that just do dialogue you know Um, that was really pretty much any type of training and praying
0: yeah I think the time that made the most impact on me was I was doing it was kind of like a youth type thing but it was segregated male versus females had your own classes and stuff and we had a, our, our leader, I forget the name of the specific, you know, there's always a fun name to try to get people to show up to those things. Um, so I forget the name of it, but the guy who was leading that every Wednesday night for us guys, we, you know, we always opened with a prayer and it was always what you would expect. I mean, it, if you could expect a particular format, a particular generic opening prayer, that's what you got. Um, and then one Wednesday, we showed up, we sat down, and we were all kind of kind of starting to plug in, but not quite there because you're a young kid, and you just came in from running around and or whatever, you know. And the prayer that he opened with was, angry is not the right word but it was frank it was you know look things aren't going well let's just call it like it is the job's not going well the home life's struggling because of the stresses of the job and it was you know even it was something that was so different from what was normal and what was expected um, that you know, there was it was quiet already, but there was even more of a hush over the room, especially when he finished. You know, he kind of looked at us, and nobody wanted to say anything because, as a teenager, you're not usually privy to those things that are you know adults are talking about. Um, sure, but he you know stopped and said, you know, I can see you guys are. I don't know, surprised, frustrated, upset. I don't know, but he's like, I just want you guys to know that there wasn't a thing that I said that God doesn't already know. And there's not a thing that I said that I didn't say for the first time in front of you guys. You know, part of praying is you've got to, you've got to be comfortable just laying it out there. Um, because what you are feeling, God already knows what you're thinking. God already knows. So you've got to get comfortable saying it and, What, you know, giving it away, what what you can't, what you have no control over, letting it go. Um, So that was the first time that I felt like prayer was more than just a rote, you know, a pattern or a repetition or something along those lines. It was the first time that it really became something where I was like, wow, that's okay. I understand. I think I get it now, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think
2: that's important. Cause I think it's, you know, the rote prayers that we learn, you know, I, I love the book of common prayer. I love some of the prayers you can find in there. Um, Different prayer books are Celtic prayer books that are, you know, just powerful stuff. And um, I I think even the Psalms, you know, I I was taught to kind of pray through the Psalms when you don't know what to pray. Um, And even Jesus prayer itself, it, Provides kind of an outline, a format of kind of how we are to pray, um, but the, all of that shapes us. That, that's just kind of a starting place. Um, over time, you know, to be able to, you know, just be able to either unload um, whatever's on our hearts or just offer up our praise, just whatever we're we're experiencing. Um, yeah. I, it, it's a, it's kind of it's a progress, a process of progressing through, of of learning. It's a slow process, often. But.
0: Yeah, it feels like we we rightfully so tend to focus on the Lord's Prayer as you know. Here's this, and we kind of gloss over Christ's prayers in the garden <laughs> before he's arrested. You know, and there is there. It's both. It's yes. Here's a format of a prayer that you're teaching to your <laughs> disciples. And then here's a real heartbroken plea. Um, followed by submission to whatever it is that God wills. So I think yeah. we, we well, tend a, to gloss over that sometimes, I think.
1: Well, and you know, that that's one of the things that I, I always kind of get thinking about too, because I know I find myself, especially in my prayer life, sometimes feel like I'm getting in a rut with what I'm praying or how I'm praying, and you know, hey, this was just a normal day. There was nothing Spectacular. There was nothing bad that happened, and I'm like, you know, I know I have my prayer list of folks to pray for and things like that. But at the same time, I find a lot of times hard to to have the mean to have that conversation because I don't know what to say, you know. And and, you know, Joey, when you trust Jesus as the disciples how to pray versus when he's praying like in the, the garden and things like that you know he, he's praying for hours at a time and I'm like I have a hard time <laughs> praying sometimes for you know two or three minutes and I'm like how you know obviously his relationship was quite I mean, it was quite intimate between being the father and the son but at the same time it's a uh, it's one of those things that I always kind of'm like what's I mean, how is how is he pour how is he pouring himself out in those prayers? And I'm like, man, I can't can't talk about what I did for like three minutes today. You know? And it's to me, it's, it's it's always something I'm kind of a little bit challenged with because I don't want to make it just sound like I'm sitting there repeating the same thing every day, and yet every day sometimes it's I don't have anything new or exciting to share I don't know you know in that conversation it's just something I I run into from time to time so
0: I think we all do yeah there's I think we all at points feel like we're in a bit of a rut or you know like you said especially now when things are kind of weird yes we're praying for the big picture but sometimes it means that nothing happened individually or on in this on the home front in the small things in the weeds Um, so yeah it can be you know and that's And that is something that I think that, you know, that's one form of prayer where we're, we are talking to God. I think a lot of times also I find myself having a hard time making time and space for the listening for God part of it as well. Yep. No. Yeah. The.
2: I've met a lot about some of these early church fathers, what they're called. Um, some of, like Gregory of Nyssa is one. I mentioned, mentioned him in, um, in my sermon, but Origen is another one. Uh, John Cassian is another one. They, they had a lot of teaching on prayer and it is, the, what they were saying, how they were talking about, about prayer is nothing like I've ever heard it talked about by anybody today or in my lifetime uh, which causes me to pause a little bit like what what am i missing what are we missing um you know is is there more to it than um than how we typically understand it so i i struggle with that like um i i met a catholic priest one time and he used to be a, a Trappist monk. And Trappist monks, for those who don't know, are, you know, committed to vows of complete silence, committed to prayer and work. That's what they do. They pray and they work um, and they're, they take vows of silence. Uh, but he, he came out of that order and was just a parish priest. Um, but he, you know, specialized in contemplative prayer of this kind of mystical in, in the vein of some of these early church fathers and he he said i would love to sit down with you and just you know teach you contemplative prayer and i was just so psyched about that uh, but he got reappointed before i got the chance and so it was just super bummed but you know there's something more to it and those of us who have experienced um really hearing god and um, you know, kind of our wills and God's will being linked in, in some strange way. We can just sense it. It's hard to describe, but can sense it. Uh, I think it gets closer to, you know, what, what some of those early church fathers were talking about with regards to prayer. But it just taught, it teaches me that I, and you know, all of us have the need to continually grow. in in our prayer lives in our understanding of prayer
0: what else is there anything else from the sermon that caught your attention that you heard maybe maybe you've heard it before but you heard it differently this time or anything else anything you've got notes on highlighted anything anyone would like to add to the discussion based on the sermon from last Sunday and I say that as I'm going from my notes too (laughs) So,
1: so I broke out my I broke out my notes here, and one of the big things was uh, it just statement I think of you had said we don't pray as an outcome, we pray because Christ is in us, and I really just kind of spent some time thinking about that, you know, and I guess I never had really thought about it that way. Um, it was kind of one of those I don't know, I'll call it a light bulb moment um, when we I mean you know when just hearing it and kind of thinking about it. Uh, so far this week, you're doing it not because you're wanting something. It's not because you're asking for something, but you're doing it because. And that to me is just it kind of it kind of flipped the whole thing, the whole concept of prayer to me a little bit on its head. You know, you're doing it because Christ is in you, not because you're wanting something. Not you need God to do something for you. Not because you want to ask for forgiveness and stuff like this. You're doing it because. Your, I mean, it's what Christ is in you, and it's what Christ would do, and that's just—it was one of those things. That, and I don't, I don't know if it's a just a neat tidbit, or you know, one of those things that kind of made me, like I said, have a light bulb moment or something like that. But it was just one of the things I thought was I really took out of there and kind of resonated with me. So, mean out of the sermon.
0: Yeah, I so the way I heard that was, you know, this is what Christ would do. Christ. Talks to the father. We all of us here, except for Jacob, have kids, and kids don't need a reason to talk to their father. Sometimes they need a reason to go find something to do besides talk to the father. Um, but that's part of it, I think, too, is you know just having that relationship, even when you don't need something in particular, just being open to that, you know, that two way communication. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah.
3: I think we have to also remember that God is not just a father who listens without giving a response, you know, like he wants to respond to our requests. He wants to respond to us without us even saying something just because he knows what, what we need in our own life um, better than we do. Um, One of my favorite quotes uh, by Henry Nowen is prayer is first of all listening to God. It's openness. God is always speaking, He's always doing something, you know. And I think, you know, even in those moments where we don't know what to pray, it's sometimes a, a cue for us to just be silent before God and let Him speak, you know, and let His Holy Spirit speak. Um, in those quiet moments, you know, because I think a lot of times if we would just quiet ourselves down and just, just allow his still small voice to speak, uh, we would, we would hear a lot of the answers that we don't even know that we actually have questions to at the moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Um, I was saying, I read some of, there's a church father named origin and he would, you know, he was around in the third century. Mm. Um, and it, he he asked some of the obvious questions that we tend to ask. It's like, what's the point? What's, what's This is, you know, this is 1700 plus years ago. He was asking those same questions. You know, what what's the point? Or, you know, if God already knows our prayers, why do we pray? Um, so... You know, when you think about it, God is all-knowing. <laughs> he knows all things. God doesn't need our prayers. Um, but where origin fell down on this was that God wants to speak to us and wants to make those changes and use us and our prayers to help make those changes in this world. Um, so, it, you know, it's God praying in and through us The the prayers that – just kind of well up in our hearts, that's that's kind of speaking to us, and God wants us to pray those prayers, um, wants to use us as a means of his His transformation in this world as, uh, and of us. So, um, yeah, that's it's huge. Um, wow. There's just so much more going on in it yeah. than just talking, saying something to God. You know?
3: I remember being in Bible college, and on Friday nights they had a thing called... Uh, Campus Missions Fellowship, and they had a missionary that came in and spoke on Friday nights and everything. It was a service, and it was, you know, usually have a time at the end where you just could spend time at the altar and just pray and everything, and um, I remember, you know, that I had gotten really challenged by uh, my mentor when I was in college, and he said, he was like, he was, wait, how much do you listen to God? And you know, I said, well, I, you know, I listen to God all the time. I talk to him and you know, I read his word. He goes, no, how? he goes, imagine that you're that friend that talks incessantly on the phone to your, to your friend. And as soon as you're done talking, you hang up. And you never give your friend that opportunity to respond. To never give that friend the opportunity to talk as well. What type of friendship is that? What type of relationship is that? And he challenged me to spend time for this next semester. And instead of speaking, just sit there in silence. And so I did that on Friday nights, you know, during that semester. I went to CMF and um, know, just go to the altar. And I felt awkward as all get out. It was the weirdest feeling. You know what I mean? To not talk. I'm supposed to be praying and I'm not talking. I'm just sitting here. And my mind would go in 80,000 directions. Um, and I started then to hone my mind down and say, okay, it's like, Lord, I'm just, I'm not going to think about what I'm doing next or what's on my schedule or my to do list. I'm just going to sit here. And even if it's just, I just listen to the song this being sung and I just wait for your voice. Um, but yeah. I think that. I think God wants he, got, he wants us to be in relationship with Him and He wants us to listen as well. He wants to speak and I think a lot of times we don't give Him the opportunity because we're like, oh, here's my list of prayer and here's my list of things for my co-workers that I want to pray for and my life group people and all these things and, okay, uh, thank you God, I gave you everything now. See ya. And God's like, okay, you gave it to me, but you're not letting me talk and did you really give it to me you know
1: that's the hardest thing that I always find whenever I try to listen I try to do that sometimes a lot of times in the morning like after I work out just to go sit outside and listen and you my brains just going everybody on the podcast my hands are moving all around on the. Video. <laughs> it's just everywhere right you know and that's the hardest thing is even trying I you know, when I, when I get focused on something, I can focus. But I mean, I just, it's just—it's so. That's the thing I struggle with the most. It's just even trying to find a way to focus on not, I mean, on listening. That's, of course, don't ask Amanda because I'm sure she tell you I have a hard time listening anyway when she, someone's <laughs> talking back to me. But you know, that's that's a that's a big struggle for me in my prayer life. I know. Yeah,
3: um,
2: the youth group. Um, they had their mission trip, their staycation kind of mission trip um, uh, last week or week and a half ago. And um, they did something really cool on one of the nights. Um, And I I hate to be, you know, telling everybody's story, but um, it it just, it speaks into so much of uh, what we talked about Sunday and what we're kind of, kind of talked through, through part of August. But, uh, they practiced just that, listening to God. And they had a, a name of someone in the group written on a piece of, like a three-by-five note card that was folded in half, so they didn't know what name was on the note card. But they were asked to pray for that person, to actually listen to God and write down anything that comes into your mind, um, write it down on that card. And then, you know, after five minutes or so, they, they did that. You know, they were intentionally trying to put themselves in a posture where they could listen to God. They wrote whatever came to their minds and then they, uh, you know, handed their cards in and those cards got handed to the person whose name was on that card. And, and several of the students, um, it was just like a ton of bricks. It hit them that what was on the card was exactly what they were going through in their life. Um Exactly some of the struggles they had, and, and the person who was writing had no idea who was on that card, and it was just you know being used as a as a vessel of God to to speak God's prayers, you know god's God's desires into people's lives. I think it's that's huge
0: well, very good. if there's nothing else then let's you got you got something though.
2: Well, can I can I blow everything up? Yeah, please do. That's what can I just go off on yeah. a crazy <laughs> tangent that yes, may yeah. or may not make sense, like we did last week.
1: Yeah, let's um, chase a squirrel, man. Come <laughs> on. Yeah.
2: So you know we, we we talked about how we've been talking about prayer and how we talked about it on Sunday, um, and specifically with regards to the Lord's prayer. Uh, Recently, I came across an interpretation of the Lord's Prayer um, by an Eastern Orthodox uh, Christian scholar. Um, He's done a translation of the New Testament himself. Um, But he's making a contention that the Lord's Prayer was meant to be prayed by poor people. Um, So, especially when you get into uh, Matthew's version of it, um, which says, you know, give us today our daily bread, obvious, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, um, debtors' debts. That's the actual uh, Greek language, and and rather than talking about you know spiritual debts, it actually he's thinking they're referring to actual, you know, usurers' <laughs> debt people who. Um, are charging exorbitant feeds uh, or interest, uh, practicing usury, um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, and the evil one or the evil man was how they referred to these debt collectors. Um, so here, you know, he reads it as Jesus speaking out directly against these Uh, debt collectors who are taking advantage of the poor and the marginalized. And so, you know, he, he goes off on this theological tangent, you know, basically saying that we can't pray this prayer unless we are poor and, you know, that kind of thing. But it it points to me in my mind of, I think we, we spiritualize it and we over spiritualize it to an extent Um, not just this prayer, but scripture in general. Um, that we just make it about some spiritual uh, something happening in our lives, spiritually, personally. Um, but with, when we do that, we neglect the holistic nature of um, how the gospel speaks into all aspects of our lives. Um, there is a justice facet to all of what Jesus teaches and, um, so I, I think keeping that in mind, especially when we pray the Lord's prayer in, in church, um, you know, what, forgive us our, you know, trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, what really are our trespasses? You know, what do we need forgiveness for, not just as individuals, but as a, uh, a community, as a people, as, as a universal church? Those types of things. So I mean, that's in in that way. I think it the power of the Lord's prayer goes far deeper um, than we typically understand it to go. So, there's my tangent.
0: No, that's that's consistent with Scripture. I mean, Christianity is for the sheep, if to use you know the 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 imagery. It's not for the lions and the wolves. It's, you know, it's for the marginalized and oppressed and, yes, poor in spirit, but also poor. Poor. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, let us know your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your needs, the way that God is moving in you, with you, through you, throughout the week, whether it's through your prayer life uh, or otherwise. You can find us on social media at OzarkUMC, or you can email us at podcast at OzarkUMC.org. So that covers the month of July, our final sermon in the starting over series for July. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up specifically this Sunday, and then maybe take a a broader look at the month of August as a whole, because August is kind of a weird month for us coming up. Um, so this week, we're starting a brand new sermon series. Uh, would you mind telling us, kind of teasing us a little bit about what we can expect?
2: Yeah, so uh, the sermon series for this week is called Nehemiah. Uh, um, <laughs> that,
0: that was exciting. It was hard to come up with a name for that, I'll bet.
2: Yeah, it was, I struggled for a long time to know what direction to take that title. Um, but we're focusing on, if you know anything about Nehemiah, Nehemiah is all about the rebuilding of the walls around Jerusalem. The book of Ezra is almost a a carbon copy of the book of Nehemiah. Ezra talks about the rebuilding of the temple, whereas Nehemiah talks about the rebuilding of the walls. Um, And they take different focuses, foci. Um, So Ezra focuses on kind of the pastoral nature of that change, while Nehemiah, it's kind of, the, the focus is really on what would be considered the church, uh, the, the people. Um, so we get a better glimpse of the ancient Israelites. But it's all about them rebuilding this wall and all that they faced um, and God's work in and through them in the midst of all of that. This, this remnant of God's people who are just trying to preserve you know, what God had handed down to them and uh, trying to rebuild. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think that's uh, that's kind of a reflection of where we're at. We're trying to pre- preserve some of, you know, some of our, quote unquote, normal, uh, knowing that things aren't going to be normal. Um, and we're trying to move on. We're trying to rebuild. And and that's where a lot of us are in our lives. But that's also where, our, where we are as a church. Uh, we're, we're trying to move on. We're trying to you know, really get things going and uh, seek God's direction in our lives. So this first week we're going to be talking about dreaming. That's what Nehemiah does. You know, chapter one of Nehemiah, he, he's dreaming, he's praying, he's lamenting. Um, and he's dreaming for a day when, you know, God's people would be restored, um, and God's, you know, um, and their land and everything would be restored. Um, but in order to, as part of that dreaming, he commits himself to fasting and praying. Um, and I think that's where we're at um, as a people, committing ourselves to just really listening to God. Where does God want to take us in our own lives? Where does God want to take us as a people, as a church? Um, and so, if I can take a little extra time, we have um, we've planned a day of Prayer. Actually, we're planning to do a prayer walk on August 9th, which is a Sunday, and we're going to do it in the afternoon. Um, and this is all in an effort to uh, listen to God, um, to pray for our church community, to pray for the broader Ozark community, to pray for our schools, especially as they enter into this crazy, crazy school year. Um, to pray, play for teachers and parents and grandparents and all of that, all the workers who are working in the schools, but just our community in general as well. So we're going to actually just step back and take some time to listen to God and just to pray whatever God lays on our hearts. And in in that, I hope to just um, experience transformation as as a church, just uh, that God would use that as a way to to just speak life into us in a new way. So I encourage you to join us this Sunday as we get going with Nehemiah. And I encourage you, if you want to read ahead, you can uh, read chapter one of the book of Nehemiah.
0: Very good. We are going to do it either live in person at the church this Sunday, as we have been at 830 and 11. Uh, If you would, please, again, contact the church office just so folks will know number wise, how many to expect. If you choose not to join us in person, we will live stream the service again this Sunday. Um, We appreciate everybody who has joined us that way as well. And your feedback as we attempt to iron out the kinks and work out the bugs and make things uh, a smoother experience for having just, you know, publicly done this once, you know, not too bad. We're learning. Uh, if you are not worshiping with us in person or live online at 8.30 on this Sunday um, you can catch the recorded version of the live service later on in the day once it's up it's up it's there you can get to it anytime Uh, you can find that at Ozark United Methodist Church's YouTube channel on our Facebook page or on our website at OzarkUMC.org or if you're subscribed to the podcast you'll be notified in your podcast player when the sermon podcast is available to listen to as well that's usually by midday on Sunday, in whatever form it takes, we look forward to worshiping with you this Sunday. Does anybody have any any closing thoughts, concerns, comments, anything to to wrap us up on a high note? Okay, <laughs> we'll take that as a no. Uh, all right, well then for uh, my co-host for Brad, for Pastor Jacob and for Mike, uh, again, my name's Joey Mills. May the peace of Christ be with you this week.